What's up? Seven Deuce Trace here on the Moto X Pod Show. Hey, this is Ralph Shaheen from Fox Sports, the home of Supercross. You're listening to the Moto X Pod Show, and I'm a Niner fan, and we're yeah. going to take the Cowboys down. Yeah. Hey, this is Dean Wilson, and you're listening to the Moto X Pod Show. song who is that band called earthless earthless is that the one from austin i believe they are from austin they play with the sword out of austin all the time the sword who is that another band out of austin that i have like <laughs> five or six of their albums on my uh, ipod i gotta check it check it all out there, it's all man. stuff i listen to when i'm riding oh yeah i don't know how you do that i don't i can't ride i don't know well i mean that's cool i get it i hear well, guys i shouldn't that, say that but it relaxes me there guys that wear like earplugs too they say that i can't ride yeah, michael gage wears earplugs. i'm gonna try doing it too because but i don't know about that music thing that was a the topic last night a little bit on pulp i guess music and uh is there any pros that ride with music oh i doubt it but not that i know of but yeah dune goon travis texted me later was asking that's a long story i guess i don't know if you saw it i haven't gotten to it yet Math has posted or was talking about a picture how he pictured me with the old Maxell tape commercials where the guy sitting in the chair and the the stereo is blowing his hair back and anyway anyway <laughs> yeah. no. okay right on well uh, episode seventy four of the Moto X Pod Show is brought to you by Five Star Roofing of Texas residential commercial composition metal roofs custom patios metal buildings pergolas and more. Give Chad and the boys a call, 214-402-8565. Again, that's area code 214-402-8565, 5starroofingoftexas.com. You spell five out, F-I-V-E. Again, guys, that's in, they're located in the North Texas area and can serve you guys well. If you've had any hail damage, storm damage, which we're in that time of year, give Chad and those guys a call. They'll be able to get you set right up. Tell them you, tell them you ride moto. Tell them you listen to the Moto X pod show, and they'll take good care of you for, and, and for doing that. And uh, also a proud sponsor of 250 SX competitor, Mr. John Short. John had a good weekend this past weekend. Fantastic weekend. Yeah, got, Way to go, John. Got in the Triple Crown, had a good one. He's a bit in five-star roofing of Texas as long as Along with the Moto X Pod Show, are all big supporters of John Short, big fans as well. 
MX Girl Designs. My girl, Char, hooked it up on my graphics. I, of course, still have not put them on my plastic yet, but they look amazing. That's why Jamie's bike looks so good, because she did his as well. It wouldn't look as good if she hadn't have done it. Hit up Char at C-H-A-R at MXGirl.com. Guys, you spell girl with a U-G-U-R-L, MXGirl.com. Or hit her on Instagram, at MXGirl, if you want a high-quality set of graphics at a very, very, very reasonable price. She will make just about anything you can imagine. Well, some of you sickos probably don't need to don't, – don't go that far with it. But anyways, <laughs> she can she can hook you up. She'll, she, there's no, like, templates you have to work off of, like these other graphic companies, where you just have to kind of make what you want, but you really are not super fond of their deal. She'll make you whatever you want. So give Shar a shout. Uh, MX Girl Designs on Facebook as well. Remember, guys, G-U-R-L. All Sport Dynamics, visit motocrossriskbrace.com. These are the same braces worn by Brock Tickle, Weston Pike, Adam Cincerello, and more. And uh, so uh, – Oh, God. Soon to be Preston Rose. Your, your braces are on the way. Soon to be Preston Rose. He won our competi- He won our contest. And uh, who else? Just uh, Alex Ray. A-Ray wears them now. Yeah. Um, Jamie Guida. Yeah. Muscle yeah, Mark sure. wears them. TJ wears them. Austin Fortner had it on when he had his big crash this weekend. Poor fucking Brock Tickle. We will get to that in a minute. I have plenty to say about that one. But poor Brock Tickle is all I got to say. I'm sure whenever he gets back to riding again, he'll still be riding that brace. Oh, yeah. So I enjoyed talking to Brock last week, and we wish him nothing but the best and hope everything works out for him because he's a really good dude. Always has had time for us, and uh, and I feel for him right now. I really do. But uh, uh, Shock Socks, the original number one ten-second removable fork seal protector. Guys, I highly recommend you don't ride without a set of these because leaky fork seals suck. Keep them on your bike while you're riding. Keep all that dirt and grime out of your fork seals. That's what loosens them up. That's what causes them to leak. That way, you take them off when it's time to wash your bike. That area is already clean. You just clean the rest of it, and you're good to go. Nobody likes leaky fork seals. I hate them. Jamie hates them. Everybody hates leaky fork seals. So go to your local dealer. Ask them, hey, how do I get a set of these awesome shock socks? They'll bring a catalog out. And they'll order you a set, and they'll send them right to you, or right to the dealership, and you can pick them up. Very inexpensive. BurnMotorsports.com, but visit your local dealer for details. We're one short tonight, Jamie. Muscle Mark Dark Side in the house. What up, man? Yep, not much. Hey, did, did you read the new sponsor? Oh, hold on. No, I did not. <laughs> Give me a second, and I will. All right, guys. I just, I just kind of laid that on you, so last minute. Well, yeah, my thinking's off. I started talking about Brock Tickle, and it messed me up. So we would like to welcome to the Moto X Pod Show, Mad Jack Synthetic Dealers of Amsoil Synthetic Products. Guys, if you like Amsoil products, if you like buying oil at wholesale prices, if you like to take care of your motorcycle and or the truck you transport your motorcycle in, Mad Jack is it Mad Jack Synthetics Dealers of America or Dealers of Amsoil Synthetic? I'm fucking this whole thing up tonight, Jamie. Sorry. But they, uh, guys... Matt Jack Synthetics, area code 805-531-9551, and or call toll-free 855-623-5225. Hit up madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like them on Facebook, at Dane Amsoil Guy. Easy enough. Guys, tell them Moto X Pod Show sent you to take good care of you. We've all got oil from the – We've all. they're all supplying us with some oil. We're all going to put it in our machines. Yeah, we're going to have some giveaways coming up. We're going to have some giveaways coming up. Guys, don't forget, too, as well, uh, patreon.com. Search out Moto X Pod Show. Donate to us. We need money. Give it to us now. Yeah. This Amsoil thing came up through the guy that owns his company, Dane Evans. He's uh, 
guys probably see him on Twitter and Instagram. He's a big, big Dane. He's a listener of our show and the Pulp Show. And if you're out on the West Coast races, uh, like Las Vegas coming up and earlier in the year, I think at Anaheim and those races, he is uh, he's there at the Supercross, you know, working for Amsoil. So he's a big part of Amsoil in the the West Coast, and we really appreciate him coming on board. Yeah, Dane, Dane's a good dude, and uh, we appreciate the, all, the, all the help and support we can get. Dane, I promise you, buddy, I will stop butchering your intro at some point. I've just got to get used to it. It's the first time, so hopefully you give me a grace period, man. Appreciate it. <laughs> so, he's yeah. taking that out of your bonus. Yeah, he's taking that out of my bonus. Well, hey, it is what it is. I made a mistake, Jamie. I got to <laughs> I got to pay the consequences. So, But anyways, interesting weekend this past weekend. It was a uh, bum for our buddy Austin Forkner. Yeah, I did not want to see it, the title in this way. I mean, it's it's going to be hard for somebody other than Zach Osborne to walk away with that now. But uh, yeah, I mean, you know, um, J Mart and Jordan Smith have chances, but I think Zach would have to have a bad race, and I don't. Well, I don't see that. Well, I mean, here's the deal though with that. Like, I, of course, I don't see it either. But stranger stuff's happened. Yeah. Oh, J Mart's yeah. I mean, on. It could be a mechanical. You know, you never know. Yeah, and J Mart's on a roll right. It's not now. over yet. So all it takes is one big mechanical hiccup, and then J Mart's right all over this deal. But I still believe that Zach's going to be the guy. Yeah, yeah. I'm, so. I was, I could just see Austin coming come unraveled. He was just impatient. He's young, you know. We've seen him do that a few mm. times, and uh, you know, I mean, it's a bummer. Um, it sucks because you could just see it coming. And then the the mistake where he got hurt, you know, he broke his collarbone. That that wasn't. I don't know that that was an impatient crash like the other ones were where yep. he kept clipping guys because he was just but it but it was it was disappointing that was just, I was, that was just a crash yeah it's, it stunk man because it's just yeah that's you know i don't know that uh, hopefully he'll be ready for outdoors i mean that's about five weeks away yeah, depending on how bad it's been collarbone can be pinned and plated and they can be back yeah i asked him quick. today if it was going to be surgery and what the time frame was and he doesn't know yet so well i mean there's nothing you can say then no but yeah poor austin i was really really rooting for him yeah and uh but I mean, hey, this is Moto. You never know what's going to happen. So yeah, I, I want to thank his mom, Julie, because I asked her Saturday night, shortly after it happened. Hey, you know, how, is everything okay? And she responded and told me what was going on. And so I appreciate her keeping us in the loop, and I made sure that he knew that we were supporting him. You know, and same with Brock. I, I texted Brock Friday night, and he texted me back, asked him if he wanted to come on and make a, a statement or anything tonight, and he did not. So yeah, and I which don't I understand. He I probably can't. I don't blame him. He can't. And, and dude, the dude is is. Look, I don't care if that that rule that that crap's not supposed to be in your system is dumb. There should just be, they should know if there's a high level of it. Well, then yeah, okay. And, and believe me, they know how much was in there. Well, it's interesting. You probably haven't listened to the main event show yet. Not yet. I haven't. So no. I'm Hobo, barely into the Hobo point. Nick looked into it. That product apparently. Now this is all based off things I've read, and of course what Hobo's saying is he went to some places and GNCs and some other places out there, and that product. That particular chemical is not even on the market anymore. Mm. But he found something that's similar that's like the new generation after it's been changed a little bit. Mm -hmm. And he actually took some right before he went on the show. So during the show, he's talking about the effects of it. You know, and the way he's making it sound is if he, if Brock, if what was in, they say was in Brock's system was actually in it, he, whoever gave it to him would have had to go out of their way to find it because it's been, it's not available anymore. Hmm. And it did give him a boost for about twenty minutes. Like he felt it. It's basically a bi like a a uh, the way he described it is it's it's an altered methamphetamine. 
methamphetamine. Hmm. It's hard to say though, man. Like you know, yeah, but the way they mix these supplements yeah. and batches and stuff—that that's—I mean, the fact that it's not on the market anymore doesn't mean it's not still out there. Right, right, you know? right. But it's it's like yeah, I just I want to believe that Brock did not intentionally try to gain an advantage. That's what I want to believe, and that's that's where I'm at. Well, I'm going to tell you what, it's all going to come out in the wash one way or another, and if yeah. there's some dirty business behind the scenes over there, it's going to get let you know, out. And, and you if know? he did, like, the the minimal effects, the minimal, um, what's the word I'm looking for, positives he might have got out of that are so little that it's definitely not, the, the punishment doesn't fit. Okay, he tested positive at San Diego. Does anybody remember his result there? I think he was like eighth. Oh, yeah, I mean, that helped him a ton. Yeah, I mean, it helped right. him a lot. Well, yeah, it's the, I mean, the general consensus. Brock Tickle's never gotten eighth before, right? right? I mean, he's he's right. He always finishes seven, eight, sometimes on the podium, but, you know, whatever. I just, dude, there's dudes out there cheating. Oh, Maybe yeah, not yeah. in this a lot sport, of them probably. But there's a lot of guys that are on, that are being tested by this same organization in, in the UFC, so on and so on. So I read Cooksey's article. Yeah. That yeah. are absolutely cheating and not getting caught. Right. So I, I just I, it's not that I don't agree that there should be some kind of penalty. It's the ridiculousness of the punishment uh, of how they decide to punish people yeah. and judge, jury, you know, execution or whatever. You just fuck that, man. I'm sorry, I just don't like it. But then again, I mean, if he knowingly took it and failed, well, I mean, he's got the consequences he has yeah. to accept now. And well, I just don't believe Brock did that. But then again, man, I don't know for sure. But I don't know, believe he did it. Mathis was saying like, okay, so you have to know Brock knows what's in his contract. And there's a clause in the KTM contract, and this is per the Pulp Show, that says if somebody gets caught I doing this, that far, they it? have to pay a year's salary back. Like, I don't see Brock. Yep. There's two. Well, here's the deal, though. Like taking he, that chance. Like they finished up on that on the end, too. Now that that's out there, I mean, he had to use trainer. The trainer they said he had to use. I mean, if it came from that trainer. Right. That's going to be messy is what that's going to be. be. I mean, yeah. I don't see Brock giving them their money back. Right. You know what I mean? Not without a fight. I wouldn't. I'd be <laughs> yeah. like, well, I mean, sorry. I mean, you know, but anyways, guys, well, we're going to we're gonna have a fun show tonight. This is the, um, I guess a- was a amateur show. Yeah, yeah am- all amateur motocross show. We're going to have a couple announcers on. We're going to have some of the top level guys. We're going to have Ryder Francesco. D Francesco, yeah. D Francesco. Ryder D. Ryder D is going to be on. Hunter Yoder is going to be on. And Mr. Carson Mumford will finish us out this evening. Along with, we're going to start the show, Mr. Don Collings, uh, announcer extraordinaire, and Mr. Shan Garcia, also announcer extraordinaire, also graphics maker extraordinaire, also shock socks maker extraordinaire, also vintage motocross author extraordinaire. And I, I'm going to stop there because I don't have a li- I don't have his full list in front of me, and I don't want to let him down. Oh, he's a coach, trainer. Party advisor. Party advisor. Uh, that yeah. that one should be at the top of the list. I think it is. The that kind advisor. of encompasses everything. Yeah, because yeah. life is just a party. Photo- photographer. Yeah, know, he does it. He does it all. So he's the uh, he's a, a renaissance man. And if dude, the will. guy you've never seen anybody eat like Shan. <laughs> dude, I'm telling you, we go to eat places, and he orders like two or three entrees, and eats it all. Eats the you know what what do they call it when you order something uh, appetizers, and then if you have anything left over, he'll eat that. Yeah, the dude, I've never seen anybody eat like Shan. It's amazing. Oh, well, it's pretty well, amazing. Well, that's cool. Well, quick break, guys, and we'll be back with Mr. Don Collings.
guys. We're going to get to our first guest of the evening, announcer extraordinaire, 2N Media's Don Collins. Don, how are you, sir? I'm doing well, man. How are you guys doing? We're doing good. Uh, enjoying a beautiful day here in East Texas. Yep. Just sitting over here talking yeah. about uh, Brock Tickle the whole first part of the show. Oh, yeah. I mean, I can't believe that. That's just such bad luck for Brock. Oh, I agree. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's a bummer. such a good dude. I, I really, really want to believe that he did not was not aware. No, you know, I mean, you really have to think that. I mean, he's not somebody who's racing on a you know just a privateer effort or a second tier team. He's with the guys at KTM, and they're running everything. I would have to think through some sources if they're using any kind of supplements for training or stuff like that. So, I mean, it's just a bummer that he's going to end up paying the penalty for it. You know, even though he put his faith in, and again, I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody. You know, sometimes those things get made, and they're made somewhere in a third world country, and somebody just puts something in there, and you know, again, Brock is the one who suffers. Exactly. Exactly. Well, get, get getting back to uh, to the two in media and stuff. You just did. Was it the Cal Classic? You just did. You just announced. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I just got home last night from California. That was another fun event out there. Yeah, talk about that a little bit. Was it was it a pretty successful event? You think? Yeah, oh, absolutely, yeah. This is, uh, I think, the sixth year they've been doing that. This is my second year uh, going out to work with that. Um, this year they did a live stream broadcast of the guys at Motocast. Those are the same guys that did Freestone. Um, and it's just been great. I mean, the racing was just insane. Um, the the B class, the pro class, I mean, it was stacked. You had the usual heavy hitters and stuff. Beautiful weather. I mean, you know, what can you say? So it was, yeah. it was 70 degrees every single day. I had to fly out of there and come back to 40 degrees. Of rain <laughs> yeah, I was uh, kind of watching the Instagram, you know, stories and stuff throughout the weekend, the previous week, and then you see the race in Minneapolis. It's like, how how can it be that different? You know, jeez, got a blizzard <laughs> oh at one race and, like, beats weather at another. Yeah, I'll tell you what. We, we had the better end of the deal on that <laughs> yeah, one, for sure. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> So, Don, how did you get started uh, announcing motocross races? You know, I got the pleasure of meeting you at Freestone and, uh, of course, through our, our buddy Shand. And, man, he, he yeah. had high things, good things to say about you. Well, you know, uh, Shand is a great guy. I've, I've, I've been working with those guys since I first got started going to Texas. And, and Shand is the mayor of Texas motocross. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. He definitely is. Um, um, I got into it the way a lot of folks who you see working registration and doing other things at motocross races got into it. My son used to race. And when he was little and he wanted to race, it's an expensive sport, as we all know. So they had a flyer looking for an announcer at the track we went to up in Winchester, New Hampshire, Winchester Speed Park. Um, so I, my original career, <laughs> which you might be able to tell given my looks since you got a chance to meet me, Jamie, um, I was a rock and roll singer for 15 years. Nice. So awesome. talking, on a mic talking on a microphone was not a problem. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, got started doing that up there in Winchester. And pretty much, you know, the rest kind of wrote itself. Um, I worked with Kevin uh, Kelly and Wes Kane at yep. one of the big events we did up north. And Kevin and I immediately hit it off because we're both sarcastic wisecrackers. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, he brought me in on some of the national stuff, I want to say, probably eight years ago. And I just started working for a lot of folks uh, I guess people like what I do, so I end up getting uh, some of these cool events. I bet uh, you, you with the rock and roll history, I bet you and Jamie had quite a bit to talk about. <laughs> well, well, you know, we were a couple of the long hair guys in the industry. so Yeah, yeah. We didn't really get a lot of time to visit because you were super busy announcing, but I think we did kind of discuss that we like the same, the hair, the same, the hair and 
So oh, I have yeah. some, I'll have some music questions for you here in a minute once we get through some of the motocross <laughs> stuff then because there you go. That's definitely one of my passions. Um, so Kevin Kelly, he got you into some of the bigger nationals, and then that I guess it just kept growing from there. Is that how you got into like some voiceover work, or did that stuff come first? Um, no, actually, the voiceover work came a little bit afterwards. I, as I started to do more of the work with the announcing, it just seemed sort of a, a natural kind of a progression to do. So I've done a couple little commercial spot things and things like that. Um, you know, it's one of those things where um, as you go along in the business, you meet people and you end up, you know, hooking up with different gigs here and there. Yeah, that's awesome. I mean, I, Mark here, you know, he, he just announced his first race about three, two or three weeks ago. And uh, our producer, who's not here tonight, TJ, he's been doing it for a couple of years for the same reason you were doing it. His son is a uh, very fast up-and-coming amateur rider. And, yeah, yep. to help pay some of the, offset some of the cost. I'll, I'll go ahead and clarify, oh, yeah. clarify. I had no aspirations of being an announcer. It wasn't something I was trying to get into or do. <laughs> just want to make some uh, money. Yeah, I just wanted to get paid a little bit and go hang out at the dirt bike races and doing this podcast. I mean, this I'm a talker. We do this. I like to talk. It came natural to me. I got, to, uh, got a chance to go do it. And evidently, I did a good job because I'm just sitting here texting Terry at Village Creek about doing another one. So you never know, man. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I always tell people I just kind of fell into it. And, you know, again, I think sometimes we, the announcing job is one that really nobody wants to do because you got to be talking all day long. You don't really get to do anything else. You got to kind of pay attention to every single thing on the track. So it's like I said, I just fell into it as, as you know, I answered an ad basically at the track that we were going to. Um, and I have to tell you, my, my sisters cannot believe that somebody pays me to talk because, you know, <laughs> growing up as a kid. <laughs> I don't know. You said you like to talk. And believe me, I like to talk, too. Um, and yeah, growing up as a kid, they had to listen to me incessantly. And so they can't believe that people <laughs> actually fly me around the country. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty awesome. That's like, awesome. Yeah, you can't always, I can like, relate totally actually. Well, and the thing is, is if, if you, I'm sure this may be the same for you. If you go to a motocross race with me and I'm not on the microphone and we're just standing on the fence, you're going to get the same commentary most likely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's funny, yeah, because uh, you know Shan, he's he's different. He, uh, he 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 cracks jokes and he'll take the mic to the porta potty while he's going to the bathroom and just keep talking. Oh my and, god! And yeah. He's he's yep. a character. Yeah, it's funny because generally when you end up with the bigger events and like when Kevin and I will work together, like at the at the Cal Classic that we just did, where it's just him and I. Um, there's sometimes a local guy, and they had this guy Chris who was doing some local stuff to step in, but we kind of fall into that where Kevin is much more of the sarcastic kind of thing. And I kind of handle play by play. Um, but the good thing is that when you work with Kevin Kelly, there's no way you can stay all day without making jokes. So. Right. Yeah, that's for sure. I love his, I love so that show he's on it, but I, and I, no, no, oh, no, yeah. no disrespect to David Iser, but it is definitely a little bit better when Kevin's there. Cause he's just so funny. Well, yeah, you can't you can't go two minutes without him cracking some kind of funny joke. That's no, right, <laughs> not at all. And I, I that I relate to that type of personality, so I love listening to him. Yep. Yeah, I, I introduced myself to him at Freestone. That's the first time I'd ever met him, and uh, he was a really cool, dude. Oh yeah, definitely. So what what's the uh, is there? Have you ever helped? Did you do any announcing at Loretta's ever, or, or have you not? No, I have not cracked that particular egg yet. Okay. If you're listening down there, folks, I know um, they've actually, uh, Kevin has, has been my biggest supporter on that front. Um, he's petitioned a few times. But, you know, there's the thing. They do have a regular crew that they've been using for a long time. And it's one of those things where, um, you know, it's just it's a small pool to swim in. So yeah. I'm happy to get the events that I'm getting. Um, and like I said, most of the time, 
I, you know, I guess they must like what I'm doing because the people generally do bring me back. And, uh, you know, it's just, it's one of those things where, you know, as well as I do from going to big events, even going to the national events, it's, it's kind of like a, a moving family. You yep. kind of see the same people. All right. Well, you know, there might be 20 or, you know, 30 different kind of people that you don't see because they're local or whatever, but the top 15, 10 riders, the families, all the folks from like the factory rides and support rides, it's like a big traveling circus. So you see the same folks and that's a lot of fun. Yeah, for sure. And that that's what's so cool about this sport is it's just, it's big, but it's not that big. Like you can go anywhere right. and see somebody, you know. You know, more than yep. likely a lot. Now, get back to the announcing thing. The way I, I didn't really like have any plan on it or any, I didn't know what the hell I was going to do. The only thing I knew to do from being at the races was to tell people, "Hey, man, go go see the concession guy because they need to make money. Make sure you're down. Yep. Make sure you don't miss the call to come to staging. Right. And to to try to make it as entertaining as I possibly could, whether that was saying something that made zero damn sense or whatever it is, and that's all I knew to do. Now, how was you, how is your approach now that you're but, but you're as, as seasoned as they come? What what is your approach well, now? You know, or do you still do the same thing? Well, it's it's kind of it's really the same formula. I think I've gotten when I first started doing it. I know I was a lot more you know kind of serious about just talking about the race and talking. And, yeah, you know, you can't go eight hours without, you know, kind of breaking it up a little bit. Um, for me, when I go to a race, and when I used to go to races with my son where I wasn't announcing, what I want to hear is, like you said, I want to know what's on the track. I want to know what's in staging. I don't want to miss my race. I want to know, you know, if there's something that's changed, I want to know about that. And then, yeah, I want to hear some funny stuff to tell me about what's going on on track. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's the same formula, really, and if you can do it right, I guess, you know, that's the key right there. Yeah, for <laughs> so, sure. Uh, yeah, have you ever gotten a situation at a race where you just were, you you just kind of got shut down, didn't know what to say, maybe had a, a some dead well, air? Well, you know, sometimes. Listen, I mean, motocross racing is one of the most interesting things to watch. Period. But we all know that sometimes there's a race that sort of ends up being a game of follow the leader. Yeah, and everybody is separated by you know fifty feet, <laughs> and you can only read off the race order so many times. So. <laughs> That's when you kind of have to reach into the bag and start talking about, you know, what's coming up the next, you know, that's when you got to go into the sales mode, start talking about your vendors and your sponsors and stuff like that. Because that's the other thing. I mean, let's face it, it's not a cheap sport for the folks that bring the rigs there either. And they want to hear their name. They want to make sure that people know they're there. So that's, I think, your other real important job as an announcer is to make sure that the people who are supporting your events can feel the love. Right, right. Which which sounds so hippie-ish, I know. <laughs> no, 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 I agree. It's uh, All the things that I have heard that I never liked about certain races or, or you know, having to, having to hear about what's happening there is what I tried to do. So it made sense, man. Yeah, exactly. So now yep. I haven't ever had to do an all-day deal. I've only done a night race, which is about a four-hour event, which even still – It's a good start. It's a lot of damn talking. Yeah. But, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I know that's the, that's the thing that everybody always asks me, too, like, um, I'll go and do Mammoth, and I'll be going back there this year. And that's a, I mean, that's a ten-day event. Wow. And we have days off in between. You know, they, they have days off because they they can't fit all the racers in the space where the race actually takes place. So they have to bring in one group, and then they race their races, and then they go out. And there's a day off. Um, 
But that's the number one question is, how do you talk for all those days in a row? Do you ever lose your voice? Like, do you ever stop talking? It's like, no, unfortunately, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, I did notice my, a Freestone. My girlfriend that you... can tell you that, no, I never shut up. <laughs> right. I did notice at Freestone, though, that there was, you know, that you guys were rotating in and out a little bit. Yeah. Well, and that's the other thing, too. At a big race like that, because, I mean, Freestone has, like, 1,200 plus. Yeah. And it's stretched out over a number of days where – we're not going to get tired, but you can't have the same thing coming over the mic all the time. And you have to have a little bit of back and forth, too. So, like, that's why, you know, Shand or JP would be up there and we would be switching it off. And then they had Kevin and Wes down on the podium. So, yep. even there, you're not seeing the same people all the time. You know what I mean? And it just, that kind of adds, you know, a little bit more to the event. It makes it easier on us, for sure, because then we have time. We need to, you know... Oh look! I can go out and grab a bite to eat instead of being, you know, up in the booth for twelve hours. Like, yeah, I'm dying. <laughs> well, so. you know, and thankfully at at the the big events you're doing, you have some some really high profile young kids riding. So there's probably some more storylines. A lot of these kids, like Ryder D and Jet Reynolds and Carson Mumford, are going to be the next pro riders. So there's more storylines there. I would assume that you could talk about too. As opposed to oh, yeah. if Mark goes to Village Creek this weekend, he doesn't know a lot of those guys, and there may not be some. We may not know the backstory, so you probably have a little more. I, I info. tell you what, I only knew a few of them, so I just started making nicknames up for people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Hey, that always counts. Hey, that's Mister uh, Mister X there on the red bike. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's the one um, thing I dealt with. I could not see the starting line to see who grabbed the whole shot to save my life. So I was just kind of having oh, a jaw jab yeah. until they got within view where I could see who was yeah. ahead. You know. The the password is binoculars, my friend. Yeah, yeah. I was definitely <laughs> ill-prepared for that one. I always have a set with me. Um, I mean, this is the thing. It, that's the other thing that's really cool is that, I mean, I do a lot of local stuff up here in New England. I, the, the track that I work at is my home track. We have our own series. So, I mean, I'm running probably, I'm calling probably 25 or 30 races in the season up here. Uh, but when you go to the big ones, it is really cool because, again, like the Cal Classic at Freestone and places like that, um, that's where you're starting to see who you're going to be watching on yeah. the, the start line at the nationals or on the start line at Supercross. And like this year, I mean, there was a whole generation that they referred to back like the Davey Millsaps kind of generation, the Cobra generation. Well, now you're looking at a whole generation of kids that are going to be coming and they're coming like the pro class now with Marsh Banks and you got Seth Hamaker who just jumped up into the, the pro class. Seth has, like, come through really quickly. He's a Kawasaki guy. Yeah, he's good. These guys are just, yeah, I mean, they're just head and shoulders. Derek Drake, uh, you got Mitchell Lopes. So you've got probably six or seven guys in that class um, that look like legitimate competitors who could step onto a team. And I know, you know, when you talk about guys like March Banks or uh, Mitchell Falk, you know, they're, you know, that's Kawasaki, that's TLD. Um, so those guys are probably going to be the ones you're going to see. But then, like you say, you go back to – your Ryder D's, um, your Jet Reynolds. And by the way, I don't know if you guys knew Jet got hurt at the Cow Classic. I saw that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, if those guys happen to hear it, we hope everything's okay with Jet. I know it was a shoulder thing. Um, yeah, he, he, posted but, you know, the, he posted the crash on his Instagram. Oh, yeah. I saw it. We watched the replay live, and it was like, oh, please don't show me that again. Yeah. That was brutal. Um, that's, you know, and there, there's a thing where that's the part about the sport that, unfortunately, we have to see that, too. Um but, you know, they'll be back. He's, he's already said. He's already working on when they're going to return. Of um, course. But, like, and then you go back to the 65s, and you got guys like Deegan, who is dominating on that. And then you go back to the 50s, and you got these little rippers, <laughs> like like Jonathan Getz and Seth Dennis, and these little 
six-year-old, and it's like, we're going to be seeing some legitimate battles all the way through for the next 10 years funneling up into the pros. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I that was really my first, or Freestone was my first big amateur national to really ever go to. And I was yeah. I was kind of in uh, awe, I guess, but also like fanboy. Just like when I go to the pros, I was like, holy shit, that's Ryder D. And there's, you know, there's, there's when I was in the tower when Danger Boy walked in, and you know, I just saw a kid. I didn't really recognize him at first, and then I saw the back of his jersey. I was like, "Oh, dude, you're you're, you're Danger Boy." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know? I know. It, that's the other cool thing is that you just sort of end up like you know because usually the announcer's booth is the highest point on the track. Yep. And at most places, it's indoors, so you can kind of stand up there and see everything, and it's not crazy loud. So yeah, that ends up being the place where everybody comes up. And the first few times that I went and did, um, you know, like the first year at Freestone when I was doing Oak Hill and stuff like that. Yeah, some of the people come up in the booth, and, you know, I've been a fan of motocross since the 1970s. So when Gary Young walks up in the booth, it's like, hey. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, you know, I, I go to turn around and say hi to him, and I'm like, you know, a little kid standing in line for an autograph. Oh, exactly. Hey, hi, how are yep. you? So, you know, you get, you get a little bit used to it, but, yeah, that fanboy thing, let's face it. You know, we all love racing. We all are impressed by some of the skill that some of these guys have. And, yeah, to look at kids, you know, again, Ryder D and Jet and Max Voland, um, you know, all those kids that are just, like, when you look at them ride, they ride so maturely. You got kids who are standing up on the pegs through turns, like you see some of the pro riders doing yep. at age 10 and 11. So, yeah, we're going to be treated to some good racing for the very near future. Yeah, this this crop of kids coming up, these younger guys are, are legit. They're going to be really good. And uh, we've we've kind of lacked some star power coming out of the end. We've had it, but it hasn't been the Villapotos, the Stewarts, Carmichaels, people, you know, Raynards type of thing coming no. out as of late. But I feel like there's a few coming that are going to be that guy. Well, right now the good thing is is that we have a lot of parity. So, like I say, in, in the pro class, you look at the 250A or the Open Pro, um, either at Freestone or at, at when you're at the Cal Classic, you've got a legit seven guys who are a threat for the championship. So the parity in that class is another thing that's really cool because we're going to have a crop of riders. It's not going to be one or two guys. I mean, it's really cool when you see a guy like Stewart or Carmichael or, or a guy like that or Villapoto who comes in and just dominates because it's, it's, all, you know, it's awe-inspiring to watch them ride. Mm -hmm. But it does make the racing, you know, everyone's kind of racing for second place. Right. Um, so when, sure. when you're looking at a legit, you know, field of riders where, hey, you know, there could be five to six guys who could be the champion. That's kind of interesting to me. I like that. No, for sure. And uh, I really, really like what I see coming from from Hayden Deegan. I feel like he's as legit as they come as far as his bike yeah. skills and things like that. So that ought to be that ought to be a good one. But two in media, Mr. Don Collings, you can catch him at a local race and or national race near you. Don, we won't take any more of your time tonight, but appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks a lot for having me, guys. It was great talking to you, Jimmy. Good meeting you out there, Mark. Really good talking to you. Yeah, look, and, uh, hopefully I'll catch you down the road, man. I'd love to meet you. You got it, man. Oh, hey, let me ask you my, my music question real quick before we let you go. So okay. you said you were a rock singer. I want to know what your favorite band of all time is and what was your favorite song to sing? Uh, ooh, my favorite band of all time is actually probably The Who. Okay, yeah, that's a good, good pick. Good pick. Um, yeah, see, I'm showing my age there. <laughs> and my favorite song to sing was probably Judas Priest, Living After Midnight. Nice, man. Oh, Halford would be hard to pull off. We're all good here, man. Well, <laughs> yeah, in, in my younger days, my voice was a little bit higher than it is now. <laughs> I hear you. I was more, or still am, I'm still more of a Maiden fan than I am Priest, but I have oh, mad respect yeah. for 
Yep. You got to love both those. Oh, yeah. I, mean, I, like, that, I like Priest. That dude. was a great era of time to come up in, believe me. Agreed. I, I was so I, I was born in '75. So the mid '80s, I was you know 13, 14, and so honestly, it's sort of embarrassing. But Poison was the band that got me into music. Well, I was a big fan of Motley Crue, so I ain't gonna hate on you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know, when then I I remember a kid handed me a tape on the school bus. This is how long you know back when cassettes were the big thing. And it was Megadeth. So far, so good. So what? I'd never heard anything that oh, heavy man. in my life. And it oh, blew man. me away. Yeah. Peace sells, but who's buying? Oh, good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I was literally just listening oh, yeah. to some of that yesterday. So, yeah. Yep. It's, it's that, all, all right. that's on my iPod for sure. All it right, Don. Hey, man, I appreciate it. And, uh, yeah, we look forward right, to I, seeing you soon, bud. All right. We'll talk to you. See Later, you. Don. Bye-bye. The one and only Don Collins. You was talking about back to Judas Priest. I have a friend that uh, was used as car salesman. I haven't seen him in a lot of years now, but I went over to his house one day. He, he was a, a former drummer in a, a rock band in the eighties in L.A. Oh, nice. Like he's a Hispanic dude. His name's Jimmy Vargas. But back then he had really long bleached hair. He's a you know Hispanic yeah, yeah. guy. Sure. But just he showed me pictures of his days and how they dress. And then I came in there to see him one day and I could hear drums and loud music. He's not hearing me knock on the door. So I just walk in and go back around to his drum room and that pre song breaking the law. He is just getting it on yeah. the drums of that thing. I sat there in awe and just watched him play two or three more songs from them. It was so cool. Yeah. It's a lot of fun watching musicians play, but then I get jealous cause I can't play. Yeah. Me either. Well, quick break guys. Be back with the one and only Shan Garcia. All right, guys, welcome back. Well, our next guest will be a real treat for you guys. He's been on here before. He's been a longtime supporter of this uh, of this podcast. Author, announcer, parts maker, Mexican food eater, whatever trainer, you, trainer, party coordinator. Yes, uh, the, and the mayor of Texas motocross, the one and only Shan Garcia. Shan, what's happening, dude? Hey, girls, how are y'all doing? We're awesome. <laughs> hey, that title being the mayor of Texas motocross, Don Collins gave you that. I like that. That's funny. Don's a good guy. <laughs> yeah, he is. He, he is. Talked, he talked really funny, though. He talked super funny. We're trying to figure out his accent still. That's just that East Coast. Yeah, it is. He's definitely East Coast for sure. He comes down here, and it takes it takes me about two hours to to understand what he's saying. And <laughs> I think he probably said the same thing about JP and I. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Well, that's how I felt when I moved to Texas from SoCal. I was like, I, I swore. On my life, I would never say y'all. You do. I say it all the time. Yeah. do. Yep. Part of it. Yep. Yep. That's how it is living here. So, Shan, when we uh, talked about doing this, I thought we were going to do the show a little closer to the J- the end of the JS7 thing, and you had, it was your idea, actually, and you wanted to give us a little bit of the history of the JS7 Amateur National at Freestone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, it's never too late, I don't think. That's just been a few weeks, so no big deal. I know y'all's show has been rocking and rolling and y'all probably have had a lot of uh great guests on a lot of subject matter to cover so i don't i don't see why a little little too late uh, not a big deal no i agree go ahead 
So yeah, man. So tell us about it. How'd you get involved with it? And and how did this originally come about? How did Freestone get in uh, connection with James Stewart? And tell us about that. Well, as far as I remember, really, um, and we have to go back, you know, eight, eight, nine years now, Tony Miller and uh, Tom Shields, when Tom was working with Tony, they had uh, they had taken over the WMA Cup that used to be held at Cycle Ranch, and they, they started uh, kind of their amateur race. It was at one point called the All-Star Amateur, All-Star Amateurs. And that was kind of their their race on, on a kind of an amateur national level, so to speak, um, kind of like Ponca and, and Lake Whitney Spring Classic and Loretta Lynn's and Minio's. Um, that race was held, if I remember right, it was kind of held – the tail end of December, the first week of January, maybe kind of a week or two uh, before or after the first round of the winter series. And right. for whatever reason, for whatever reason, that all-star amateur race really never truly caught on. And uh, Tony really started eyeballing the, the, a race for March with the James Stewart spring championship. Yep. Whenever Lake, when Lake Whitney started to kind of sputter and foul plugs so to speak, with their Spring Classic. And when the promoters finally took the Spring Classic out of Texas to Alabama, that kind of opened up the avenue, um, at least from my viewpoint, that opened up the avenue to continue having a Texas two-step, which had been, which Texas had been hosting for, you know, for over two decades. And so that was kind of, I guess that was kind of the, the mindset and the concept from Tony Miller's camp and Freestone was, hey, let's, let's create, an amateur national, so to speak. Let's have it in March. It'll coincide with the GNC final at Oak Hill, and we can keep the manufacturers here in Texas in March and all the amateur racers already coming here, and they've been coming here since the early 70s when the GNC was at the Astrodome. So I'm not sure how James Stewart technically got tied in. I guess that's a matter of some phone calls that they probably shared, had, and he probably said, yeah, that sounds good. That'll be a great way to build my name and help you guys headline uh, a race in March. And, you know, it's funny, Jamie and Mark, the the first, I think the first uh, inaugural year, I think 2011, I believe it was, there was, you know, like 400 and something entries. It really wasn't even any bigger than a final round or an opening round of a Texas Winter Series at Freestone. But you kind of knew, okay, we got the seed planted. And in the second year, the, the entry shot up to, I don't know, six or seven hundred entries, so not astronomical, so to speak. Right. But definitely, but definitely a increase from the first round, from the first year, and um, you know, with anything, it's the third and fourth year. Whenever the finally the ball, the ball finally gets hit out of the park, and and everybody shows up, the manufacturers, and obviously the racers started showing up, and it was about the third and fourth year is when they brought Don Collings in, uh, they brought Kevin Kelly in. Wes, Wes Kane and myself and JP kind of did it the first couple of years alone. And then, uh, they started bringing in Wes and Don as the numbers grew. And as, as Tony saw fit that we needed more announcers to help alleviate the, uh, the pressure and the time and the duty, so to speak, to handle all the logistics of announcing a big, you know, a big five day event. Yeah. I'll be, be honest. You know, I, I, didn't really and i i still don't follow amateur racing enough and i need to because those are the, the stars of the future and and the uh that's that's the growth that's where our, the growth of our sport's going to come from but my point is i didn't realize how big that 
the JS7 National had gotten until maybe three or four years ago. And I was talking to Rich Taylor about something and actually getting a canopy, you know, from him. And he's like, oh, yeah, I'm com- we're coming out to the Freestone National, you know, and I'll just bring it to you. And I was like, you guys are coming all the way to Cali- from California for an amateur race? Had no idea it had gotten that big. Well, let me say this, and, and uh, this is no 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 shot at you, Jamie, for not being thoroughly educated on it. But the GNC, which was you know which which started in 1977, was held at the Astrodome in Houston, and that was amateur racing. Wow! Inside, it was the first amateur Supercross. So it went from you know you had Ron Lachine and 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 all those guys back before they turned pro coming to Texas as well as Lake Whitney once it left the Astrodome went to Whitney. So Rich Taylor would have been here as yeah. a kid coming coming to Lake Whitney to race the spring class, spring nationals and in Texas to to further his career. And and the the capping point about all this is what I'm trying to make is you guys are, are, are following all these pro riders and, and doing a great job of having these pro riders on your show. What you probably don't realize is all those years of working to come pro become pro they all went to Ponca and they all went to yep. Loretta's and they all came to Texas in March. They've all been here. So you just, yeah, you're, you haven't paid no, a, a whole lot of attention to it, obviously, but this is where the amateur year kicks off is in March every year here in Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's really, it, it's really incredible to see the amount of riders. And you, you saw that this past March and at Freestone. Absolutely. What, what I like seeing though, cause when Whitney went away, like after 2010, correct? Yeah, they closed in 2010. Yeah, and I'm sure that was, you know, pretty sad for a lot of people. I've been actually been watching a ton of of stuff on you. Well, whatever I can find on YouTube that was, you know, ha- has any guy anybody from Lake, you know, races, different people, whatever. But it's really good that Tony Miller, you know, and and the crew over there at Freestone were able to jump in with something right away, basically, and uh, and kind of fill that void as you spoke about. Yeah, and that's a testament to Tony's hard work and the the passion and the dedication and the loyalty he has to the industry because the minute he started making phone calls um, from his camp and his employees to, 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 to get the manufacturers involved and to say, hey, we want to do this, well, Tony's got such a great track record as a great promoter and as a good handshake, sturdy handshake guy. Everybody and their dog is going to get involved. You know, if he calls FMF, they're not going to say, well, no, you run it for the first couple of years and, and we're going to evaluate you. No, they already know what kind of program Tony Miller and Free, the Freestone County Raceway staff, does, you know, uh, envelops. So it, it's a kind of a no-brainer. So it's really, it was really probably an easy transition to start the race, so to speak, and to get everybody's uh, input and, and involvement. And, hey, to turn the channel real quick, you're talking about Lake Whitney a minute ago, Mark, right? Mm-hmm. Go, go to the Texas Berm. I've got a YouTube Texas Berm page, and you'll see – Oh, I think it's the 1992 Good Time National at Lake Whitney that Channel 11 here in DFW and uh, KTVT Channel 11 here in Dallas. I've watched it down, with uh, Lynn. Was down. it Lynn that was announcing that was one of the commentators? Yes, yes. Okay, you saw you did see it. Okay, cool, oh, yeah, cool. I subscribed to you, bud. <laughs> right on. Thank you. You're welcome. <laughs> so, You're one of the few, man, but it's pretty cool to hear. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> no, I'll tell you, I'm all over it. If I can find old races, especially from that era, I'm partial to it. I was a teenager in that area, in that era, excuse me, and I just love anything I can find, you know, whether it's because you'll find guys like Dennis Hawthorne and different guys like that that were still racing that you still get to see, you know, and it's just to right. me, it's neat as hell to get to watch that stuff. Well, 
it's cool. You know, it's, that, that was amateur racing then, and uh, and it's cool you like that history stuff because now, you know, obviously the amateur racing at Freestone is just it, – it, it really hasn't missed a beat. I mean, there, I can, we, can, we can honestly say that Texas in March, ever since 1977, has been the hot spot. And there's probably been a year or two where – the uh, these spring these spring nationals for the amateur riders may have hit some low points, but uh, for the most part, every year for the past 40, 41 years, Texas works been amateur wise, and right. at least in March, for sure. You know, well, Shan. So tell me, you know, there's a lot of big names coming up in the next few years. Uh, we've got a few of them on tonight. We've got Carson Mumford on tonight. We have uh, Hunter Yoder on tonight, Rider and Ryder D. D. Um, who do you think is the next guy that, that really will make an impact in the pros that will maybe, you know, what do you see out of these guys and, and who's the next big Texas rider? Oh, you know, on Texas, I need to really evaluate that because we've had, you know, we've got some pretty good B riders. Grant Harlan is looking really good throughout the winter series and, and the spring classic. And you got Brandon Walter and, oh man, Alex, man, there's, there's, um, how about there's, our there's our a, guy Doc Smith? There you go. Yeah, Doc Smith. It did really well. He, he did really well in the C classes at uh, Daytona. Yep. And uh, and uh, obviously at Thanksgiving race, the the uh, mini o's there in Florida, I believe. And then obviously he won a class or two here in March. But you know that's 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 the big question mark. And I love Doc, but that's a big to be determined because kids can go out there and rip it up in the C class, but he gets to the B rank and you just you know. It's a whole different playing field. So sure. he's got he's got the talent and the speed. You just never know. You never know with a kid coming out of the C class if he's going to transition to the B class very well, and then especially the A class. You know, so um, on the on the national level, I mean, you got Jet Reynolds and Rapper D on those eighty fives that are just setting setting the place on fire. And Jet Reynolds is, I believe, two years older than Rapper D, so a little bit. A little bit stronger, a little bit larger, a little bit more experience. Yeah. So when those two cats, when those two cats get after it in those eighty-five classes, uh, Jet Reynolds usually has his number, but Ryder D he won a he won a race or two at uh, at the JS seven. Um, I think mainly because of maybe some malfunctions by Jet Reynolds or bad luck. But, yeah, uh, right. Well, guys, Jet got a bad start in one of those motors that I saw and allowed. Rider to win the championship. He jet chased him down right at the end, but didn't get him. Hey, I'll say that. Um, right. You know, he could put himself in a good position to win. That's what yeah. you got to do, you know, especially when you're starting. He's starting to elevate his game yeah. to try to catch up with Jet. So, yeah. Well, that, that, those are the two team green riders. And obviously, KTM has, you know, little Hayden Deegan and uh, Suzuki has Crockett Myers. I mean, there's, there, it, it, it's just a roll of the dice, and it's going to be interesting to see what some of these kids on 85s do in two years from now when they're in the B class and three or four years now from now when they're in the A class. And it's no different from watching Stewart, Carmichael, Villapoto, Austin Fortner, Ryan Cincerello. We get to watch those guys all coming up through the ranks. Did you just say Ryan Cincerello? I think I said Ryan Villapoto, I think. No, you said Ryan Cincerello. You're a, you're a okay, fake, well, Shan. You're a fake, dude. Sh- Jamie is going to be <laughs> the first person to correct anybody on anything, no matter what it yeah. is. Well, I thought I said Adam Cincerello, but maybe I didn't. Yeah, that's funny. Well, I'm, hey, just, I'm just busting hey, your ball, Shan. It's easy to get uh, fast. Oh, I know. It's easy to get fast redheads confused. Don't worry about it. I do it too. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> exactly. So, but 
Hey, before we wrap this up, um, tell us what's what's coming up with uh, Shock Socks. And, you know, obviously we know that Charlene is one of our sponsors with MX Girl, um, but you started a new business. So tell us a little bit about what you got going on. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah, um, we I got I joined together with Adam Montoya. It's kind of been in the works for, for some time, and we started uh, Berm Lords Graphics and Jersey ID. And uh, just handling handling some bike graphics and some Jersey IDs. We're, we're, uh, we're, we've got several dealerships involved now. We've got a dealership program where the showroom bikes um, or have our graphics on. We can come pick up a bike brand new off the floor and then obviously taking in uh, – mainly the amateur side of things. I told Charlene, Charlene's a, a great friend of mine. And I told her, Hey, you know, here's what I'm doing, but I'm not going to go after, I'm not really going to go after the whole vintage scene. Cause that's the MX girl does a great job of handling the vintage bikes. And she does a lot of uh, modern bike bikes now. And, uh, and I've, I've always supported every effort she's ever had. And I, and I told her, here's the deal. I'm, I'm going after a different market. You know, you're not going to be at, at Freestone at the spring class, spring right. national and, you're not going to be, you don't know who Ryder D and Jet Reynolds, and, and I'm just throwing out names here, sure. but you don't know who all guys are, and there's plenty There's plenty of uh, space in the market for for another graphics company, and she, uh, she, you know, said, hey, more power to you, Shan, wish you the best of luck, and so no harm, no foul there, you brought her name up, and, and I'll always, I told her straight up, you know, if I get a phone call from a guy that needs a uh, vintage bike graphics, I'm going to just straight up refer them over to Charlene and say this is our preferred you know, vintage company that handles vintage graphics, yeah. so to speak. Well, and that's awesome. And you guys are friends. Everybody here's friends. Hey, I mean, it's there's there's enough there's a big there's enough pie to go around for everybody, right? And there is a lot of dirt bikes in Texas. A lot of dirt bikes in Texas, and you know what? I mean, she's got her little niche area on lock, and you got yours. Hey, no harm, no foul, in my opinion. Right. Well, that, that, you hit the nail on the head. There's too many dirt bikes here in Texas, so to speak, for anybody to for anybody to get you know been out of shape about there's plenty of graphic companies they're all good most of them are all good and uh we're just gonna take a little bit of the market share and make us a little bit of money uh and and have great customer support do everything we can to grow berm lords and that kind of ties in with the whole shock socks company and the berm capital empire and adam i gotta throw a shout out to adam on toy y'all y'all probably know of adam he's been around a long time and he's wrenched for factory yamaha factory teams and satellite teams and Super fast, a super fast old A rider back in the day, and a real fast bet rider. And he's been nothing but great uh, to work with. He he kind of heads up the Berm Lords graphic division part of things, and uh, he's just been an outstanding friend for many years. And uh, he he used to sell a ton of shock socks for me at various dealerships he's worked for. So when I started kind of brainstorming with him about putting this whole thing together, it totally made sense, and it was a totally easy. Um, thing to do so to speak you know you can get a lot of people say well you don't ever want to go in business with your friends but i i agree a thousand percent opposite of that i if i'm going to go in business i want it to be with a friend yeah uh, with a friend that i'm with a friend that i know and i love and i trust and that i know for 100 percent fact would always have my back instead of just some stranger you don't know you know you don't know their characteristic traits or if they're stealing money from you or what have you so Big shout out to Adam Montoya. He's just done a one hell of a job with uh, getting Berm Lords up and off the ground and getting the momentum going. Absolutely. One more thing we got to talk. We've talked about this in one of the last times you're on here. You're, you're, are you going to still do another volume of the, uh, the the Berm book, the Texas Motocross Chron- Chronicles? Excuse me. <laughs> yeah, I am. I am, but it's probably the same answer as last time. Uh, 
just I'm slowly archiving photos. I'm slowly putting little things together, but I really haven't kicked the ball um, in the motion, so to speak, to really put the throttle down and pin it and get get the whole process going. That I'm I'm waiting on the I'm waiting on the industry to pick up a little bit more and the economy to pick up a little bit more because. The way that book gets funded, basically, is I rely on the advertisers and the dealership advertising dollars to help fund the uh, print bill on that book because it's it's rather expensive, oh, as well sure. as kind of as well as kind of supplement some income for my time for doing it. So until the dealerships are selling a ton of units and they feel good and they're ready to spend money, I don't want to be the guy beating them on the door going, "Hey, can you write me a check for you know a thousand dollars or five thousand dollars or what have you?" You know. No, I hear you, man. I, I don't blame you at all. I'm, you have to forgive me. I'm a nerd when it comes to this type of stuff, and I'm licking my chops to get my hands on that second one. So, well, I I appreciate that, and I'm glad you're eager for it. Uh, we just got to be, I guess, a little bit more patient. Maybe another, maybe another year, year and a half before I kind of really get the get the thing cranking down. Right. I still remember him handing me the original, the first one at the first Freestone race. It was awesome. I'm sure you didn't let him forget about it. 2007. Because, you know, we're talking about patience. Jamie has zero. Yeah, I have zero. Zero patience. I want it now. Right, right. then. So I'm sure he didn't let you forget well, here's, about it. Well, here's the cool thing. In 07 at that Outdoor National Freestone, that was when we unveiled the book. Yep. That's when we did, the, we did a big autograph signing and had champagne in there and popped the corks on the champagne. And we had all the, uh, all the chapter authors were there with the exception of Stackable and Howerton. So... That was a really, really, really um, high point in my life, you know, a proud moment in my life. And so when I hear when I hear people like Jamie and every other people say, you know, that, I remember getting the book at 07, that brings the biggest smile to my face because that was something that I dreamed of for, for quite some time, for many years, and it was labor of love. And I like you guys, I'm a history nerd, and I love Texas motocross. So it was kind of cool to see it all come together, and it was cool to crack open those boxes, the very first boxes. Yeah. I, I, they were delivered to Freestone in a truck, and I opened up the first box, and it was national. So it wasn't even at my house or at the Whole Shop Magazine office at the time. It was actually at the racetrack, so it was really cool. Yeah, I I, uh, I remember, dude. I mean, that was my first ever national. And, yeah, I, I remember. I don't know if you remember. You let me crash with you in the trailer because I was going to sleep like on a you – know, I think I had I brought a tent with me or something, and you let me crash with you in a little trailer you were staying in, and you gave me uh, my first berm book, and yeah, it was that was a hell of a weekend. Ron Villapoto was fishing in the pond over by where we were parked. Right, right. Yeah, good. Fond, so, fond memories that of that. Year, well, that was also the year that you and um, Michael Gage gave out the check, right? Yes, Moto check. Yes, we gave two checks, two uh, five hundred dollars each to the top texas privateers in each class that's right we did do that that was uh vernon uh vernon mckitty and um i can't remember who got the other one mm-hmm. you better start remembering who you write them checks to son yeah right <laughs> yeah that that was really cool for sure cool mark mark you make sure you get your check you may forget five years from now i know right i know <laughs> i gotta stay on him about that but right. uh, well, Shane, we enjoyed we enjoyed you tonight. We won't take any more of your time. But Berm Lords, Shock Socks, and anything else, Shane can come up. Shane's got a ton of stuff going on. Check him out. Shane, why don't you plug uh, plug the new website for the graphics company for us? Well, you know what? We're just on. We're just have Instagram and Facebook. It's just Berm Lords. All right. Uh, Instagram. Yeah, Facebook, and I'm going to get a website. But uh, 
just not in a real big hurry for the website part of things right now. But I want to I want to say one thing to you guys. Uh, congratulations on the success of the show. It's been really cool watching uh, the smile on Jamie's face. He shows up at my house about once every couple of months and crashes on the couch, and he's very happy about it, very eager about it. I know you guys have had a lot of great guests, so thank you for allowing me to be a part of that part of it. But more so, uh, congratulations on the success, man. You guys keep the ball rolling. What you're doing is it's really cool. Well, we appreciate yeah. that, and we would still we still want to have you on semi regularly when you have time and. Uh, well, Please continue to come on. Yeah, and thanks for being our first okay. sponsor. You're yeah. our first sponsor, so. Well, hey, you know what? There's a lot of people helped me out in the past, and I don't mind passing that uh, passing that on and helping other people out. So that's pretty cool. I didn't realize I was y'all's first sponsor, but that's really cool that y'all acknowledge that. Absolutely, thanks, Absolutely. Shane. We'll keep we'll keep blowing shock socks up, and you keep up the good work you're doing, bud. Good talking to you. Okay. See y'all later. All right, Shane. Thank man. you, man. Bye bye. See ya. The mayor of Texas Motocross, the one and only Shan Garcia. Good stuff, man. Hey, commercial break, guys, and we will be back with Ryder D. Hey, Kylie. Does your husband have to deal with leaking shafts? No way, Kathy. He uses Shock Socks, the original and number one 10-second removable fork sill protector. Looks like the best way to keep grit and grime out of your fork seals. So, if you don't want the headache and expense of constantly replacing fork seals, get Shock Socks. Go to ShockSocks.com and visit them on Facebook to pick your color. And don't forget, they are available for street bikes too. If you're in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and you need an amazing deal on a residential or commercial roofing job, or if you just need a new fence, a custom patio, a pergola, or even a new metal building, Five Star Roofing of Texas is who you need to call. Chad Mayo and his crew will knock it out of the park for you just as easily as JS7 blitzes a set of whoops. He even offers a moto discount and is a proud sponsor of our friend, John Short. Chad is a true moto head and does incredible work. So give Five Star Roofing of Texas a call at 214-402-8565 or check them out at www.5starroofingoftexas.com or on Instagram at Five Star Roofing of Texas. And that's the word five, F-I-V-E. So check them out, call Chad Mayo, and get a great deal. Tell them Moto X-Pod sent you. Darkside here. Are you guys in the market for a set of new custom graphics? Are you tired of the same old basic layouts the big box companies offer? Well, if so, then you need to check out MX Girl Designs. From custom graphic kits, stickers, reproductions, and even vintage, MX Girl does it all. Call or text Shar at 936-828-1472 or email Shar, C-H-A-R, at mxgirl.com, and that's mxgirl, G-U-R-L, and tell her Moto X-Pod sent you. You got the one snowman on eastbound and down. Hey guys, Muscle Mark here. I want to introduce you to my friends over at York Welling and Fab. From new construction, truck beds, barbecue grills, and anything else you can come up with, York Welding and Fab has you covered. With deep motocross roots and 20 plus years experience, York Welding and Fab is a brand you can put your trust in. Call Carl at 903-780-7369. That's 903-780-7369 and tell him Moto X Pod sent you. Man. 
Mad Jack Synthetics Dealers of Amsoil Synthetic Products is a proud supporter of the Moto X Pod Show. We are riders and racers and understand what your needs are when it comes to protecting your investment. Whether it be your motorcycles or the truck you transport those motorcycles in, Amsoil was the first company to bring synthetics to the general public in 1972. Since then, they have led the way in application-specific oils and fluids designed solely to protect your cars, trucks, motorcycles, boats, and more. Dane Evans and Mad Jack Synthetics is one of the larger Amsoil dealers in the country with customers and warehouses all across the USA and Canada. With our multiple warehouses, you are only 48 hours away from your order. Call Dane if you would like to learn how to buy your Amsoil at wholesale pricing, carry it at your shop or place of business, or become a dealer and sell it to your friends at the track while you go racing and riding. Amsoil devoted to protection. Amsoil, sponsors of Lone Star Rally, Monster Energy Supercross, Arena Cross, Snow Cross, ATV MX, Daytona Bike Week, Sturgis, GNCC, Laconia, King of the Hammers, Hot August Nights, Diesel Power Challenge, Ultimate Callout Challenge, and MMI. Support the sponsors that support the Moto X Pod Show. Matt Jack Synthetics, 805-531-9551. Again, that's area code 805-531-9551 and or toll free at 855-623-5225. Madjackdiesel.shopamsoil.com. Like us on Facebook at Dane Amsoil Guy. All right, guys, welcome back again. Big shout out, Five Star Roofing of Texas, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, and, and Mad Jack Synthetics. Sorry, guys, I'm having to read off a deal and I can't see very well. Coming up next, Amateur Superstar, the number 199, Jimmy John's Team Green, Ryder DeFrancesco. Ryder, what's up, buddy? What up, man? How are you this evening, dude? Good. Uh, just, just been hanging around the house. Just got home from Nashville, so been hanging out. Yeah. So tell us how that went. Uh, you got a, what? A couple more championships this weekend? Yeah. Uh, came home from Texas. Got a couple there in Daytona. Um, came back to Cal Classic and won all four. So couldn't be any happier. That's pretty gnarly, man. I mean, like, I mean, you you were pretty amazing out there. I, the first time I really got to see you ride in real life, you know, live was at Freestone. And watching you and Jet go at it was pretty freaking awesome. Yeah, uh, he just stepped back down to 85 and uh, been doing pretty good on that thing. So uh, just to be up to his speed, I've never been that close to him. It's pretty awesome. So much fun out there just going head-to-head with him. Uh, just going as fast as you can. And I love it. Well, it had to make you feel good, right? To to be to be right yeah. there and, and showing him, hey man, I'm coming. What's up? <laughs> well, Mark, the thing he was telling me at Freestone is he trains with Jet all the time, so that's pretty. You know, a lot of the top level guys, the Eli Tomax, they don't like practicing with their competition. But you told me that you really enjoy riding with Jet, and I would think that keeps it fun. I bet you do. I bet Jet's not enjoying it right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we ride together three times a week, um, Saturdays, Sundays, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. Um, I mean, it's nonstop. Even though, like, we talk at FaceTime, I mean, it helps. I think it helps when we go to the big races. We know what we know with each other through that 20 minutes. So all of my, all of my husband Brian goes through is if we and him get a start, no one can touch us. So 
I think that's what we did, and it, I think it helps for him, too. I mean, we talk right before the moto, like, what we're going to do. So, I mean, I think it, I think it helps. Yeah, I would think so. You know, we, we talk, me and Mark here, we're in, and our, our producer who's not here tonight, we're all vet riders. We, when we go racing, it's more about the fun than the competition. I mean, obviously, we have a competition amongst ourselves. We want to beat our buddies. But to me, the best part about going and racing motocross is hanging out with your buddies. So if your competition is one of your best friends, to me, that would make it a lot more fun. Yeah, it makes it ten times better. I mean, the kids that you don't know, I mean, you you sure really don't know. I mean, like it's not as fun, but it it helps out. It makes it a lot funner when uh when your when your teammate and and your kid back at home with best friends with it makes it makes it fun. Yeah, and also I guess with the with the amateur races you go to, they're usually a week long deal. You know, so to have somebody to hang out with is pretty important because, again, the Eli Tomax they fly in, you know, whether it be Friday night, they race, and then they go home. But you've got to hang out with people all week. You have to have things to do, and it, it's a family. And, man, and I saw that with you guys and, and you and your mechanic. Is his name pronounced Ikua, or how do you pronounce his name? Ikua. Ikua. Like, he was a really cool dude, and I could see that you guys had a really cool bond. and. Yeah, talk, talk about the importance of, of getting along with your mechanic and you guys being, you know, having such a tight knit relationship as well. You know, as one as some of your fellow competitors. I mean, he was he's a really good pro rider, so I mean, I can trust him through a lot, and um, everything that everything that he does is is top notch, and uh, he, he has to have everything perfect. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, he was uh, he was wrenching on your bike every time I saw him. So, but of course, you were on the track a lot that day. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. So, Ryder, he's pretty, he's pretty good. So, so far in your amateur career, do you have a favorite moment or a, a like a, a favorite race that you've been at? My favorite race is probably the um I like I like everything at the Reddits, but the racing the racing's not not the funnest. But I just like being there. I mean, the atmosphere, the river, everything about it. Yeah, um, I feel I feel like that track was a practice track that we sick, but I mean it's <laughs> Reddit, so kept take it pretty serious. Well, it's a small, tight track. It's really, really rough, really, really, really rutted. Doesn't look like the funnest thing in the world to ride. But I've heard that from everybody, though. That that's just that's that's only a small part of the whole week and the whole experience at Loretta's. Yeah, like you can you can barely get a flow on the track. I mean, the track is so hard. Like it feels like you're still two miles an hour. But uh, just the atmosphere and everything there. I mean, the vibe, everything. I mean, I think it's one of the coolest races. Now, Ryder, I've always wanted to ask you this. Your, your number, 199, obviously that number was made famous by Travis Pastrana. Did that influence you to run that run number, or is it, did it come from somewhere else? Um, so my dad was into pro racing. I mean, she's in Canada first. Um, WM, one of the WMX girls. So, And her, she was, like, best friends with Travis. So I was, I was around him for – three, four years. So I've always really known him. And once I, once I really got into dirt bikes, um, I wanted his number. And my mom was like, and my mom and dad were like, never you got to call and ask for it, right? So, so that day, I mean, I called and asked for it. And he says, yes, you can. So, I mean, to get the okay from Travis Strong is pretty cool. 
Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Travis is a great guy. Well, if I had to say, there's one thing you're doing is representing that very well. And for the, all the success you're having, he had a very successful amateur and pro career as well, man. You're rocking and rolling with it. That's awesome to see it. Yeah, thank you. Mm-hmm. So I saw on your Instagram that I guess one of the trophies this weekend was a surfboard. Is that the coolest trophy you've got so far? Yeah, one of the coolest. I mean, they said it's for the most style for that weekend. So I, I like having more style than everyone else and having the most fun with it. Uh, I think I think I've done a pretty good job trying to be that style guy. So that, I think I think that shows that shows how much style I have. So right, try, try to be that guy on the track. That's cool, you know. And you're at your young age, you you have a persona. Like people know who you are. Like Mathis last night when I mentioned to you, he's like, "Hey, he's that kid with the long hair, right?" And I was like, "Well, hell yeah, he is." You know, the long hair is awesome. You know, I mean, you definitely have a personality, and people people are learning who you are, and that's really important in this you know, any sport is to stand out a little he's bit. He's putting them on notice is what he's doing. Yeah, there you go. Now Mathis did say you said you hadn't listened to it yet. He said you need to cut your hair, but I I argued that point. No, nah, keep it long. <laughs> Yeah, uh, it's, been, it's, it's been a debate around the house, going to argue for sure. I mean, I've had it forever, so I kind of want to cut it, but at the same time, not. I mean, it's my style, you know? Yeah, don't do it, dude. I'm not, I can't cut mine, so you can't cut yours. So, yeah. So, uh, and I also see that you got nine hole shots this weekend. Was that every single moto you raced? Um, I did, let's see, did 12 races. My mom okay. actually got the count on Instagram wrong, and it's 10. Oh, okay. I got 10 hole shots. 10 hole shots. That's still, <laughs> that's pretty impressive. Yeah, 10, 10's not bad. Not bad at all. Yeah, I missed, I missed two of them. Got a pretty bad start, and then Jet got one of them. So, I was always right up there, but the, I got 10 hole shots that weekend. It was pretty cool. Yeah, for sure. So, and I, I think I asked you about this when I talked to you at Freestone, but... Um, in the pro ranks and in the, the higher end amateur spots, like you were in and jet and, you know, Carson Mumford, there's gotta be a lot of pressure. These teams, they're putting a lot of money into your program and there's a lot of expectations. How does a kid your age deal with that? Or do you even think about it? Uh, I think about it a little bit, but most, most of the time I'm just like, whatever. I mean, have fun. Yep. And I mean, there's no pressure. I, I have no pressure on me at all. Um, when I do think about it, I think it's pretty cool. At, at 13 years old, making a lot, like making a pretty pretty good amount of money. I mean, I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. I mean, you know, um, I mean, you're going to be a superstar in the sport. You know, there there's people who would say that you know maybe some of that money should go to some of the the privateers that are actually in the pro ranks. But I think these guys are the Team Kawasaki and, and the Honda guys, you know, they're trying to build their future with you, and there's nothing wrong with that. And if you're going out there and winning championships for them, then you're earning your money. Yeah, they got to build that future, man, and that ain't free. So, hey, more power to you, buddy. I'm pumped on you. Yeah, thank you. So, and again, I, these are some questions I asked you that weekend, but, like, outside of riding – uh, what do you guys like to do? You know, if you and Jet are hanging out on, you know, or your other buddies, what do you guys do when you're not focused on dirt bikes? Uh, I mean, Jet was 10 minutes for me, and uh, he'll usually come over, and we have we have a tip bike track, like 10 minutes down the street, we ride our tip bikes down there, and, and start shoveling around. Um, 
think that's about it. And then uh, when we get to doing that, we go we go golf sometimes. So oh, cool. Keep it fun around the keep it fun around Bakersfield and uh, just me and Jet most of the time. Well, good deal, buddy. How about girls, man? Are you into girls yet? I mean, I know uh, you like girls, I but mean, do you like? Do you have a girlfriend at your age? No. That's probably good. <laughs> uh, focus on riding dirt bikes, yeah. man. Yeah. So, um, I guess my last question, Ryder, is again, you, you're you're uh, you race a lot. You're going to be racing probably for the next ten, fifteen years. You know, hopefully longer. How do you not get burnt out? Um, I mean, me and my cat will do motos here and there, but most of the time, he's just like, dude, you're right, have fun, do whatever you want, cut the track, do a section. Nice. But I just, just, just ride. I mean, I can go for 35 minutes without even pulling over, just riding. But um, we do motos here and there and just try to keep focused on having fun and, and not get burnt out. I think that's a good attitude, and I like that, that you said there's no pressure on you, and I think that's extremely important for the future of any amateur kid is it's got to be fun. The day's going to come when it's a job, like you know, and, and hopefully even then you can still have fun, but if you can make it fun before it's a job, that, that's going to keep you going for a long time. Yeah, for sure. I'm going to try to make it as fun as I can and upset that correct towards the job, like you said, uh, I mean, still have, try to have fun at that point. Right on, Ryder. Well, don't ever lose that love, that passion for it. Don't ever stop having fun with it. And we know big things are coming for you in the future. you still got work to do this year. Loretta's is coming. And yeah. look forward to, to, to seeing how you clean up there and how you do. And uh, we really appreciate your time tonight, Ryder. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Oh, anytime, buddy. Yep. Anytime. You're always welcome. We'd love to have you again sometime. Yeah, for sure. Cool, Ryder. Hey, it was really cool meeting you, man. And, uh, dude, yeah, don't cut your hair. I'll be bummed. Yeah, keep the hair. The hair's awesome. Uh, yeah, I won't. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, good luck, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yeah, thank you. Yes, sir. See you later. See you later, Ryder. See ya. Ryder Francesco, guys, the number with the new 199. Jimmy John's Team Green Kawasaki. Man, that kid is – I've been watching him for a few years yeah, now. He's coming. He's awesome. It's going to be good. Quick break. Be back with Hunter Yoder. All right, guys, welcome back after a quick break. Going to our next guest, number 508, Amzol Factory Connection Honda, the one and only Hunter Yoder. Hunter, what up, man? What's up? How are you guys? We're doing good, man. We're uh, excited to talk to you. Uh, this is the first time that we've had a bunch of the, the super fast amateurs that are up and coming, and uh, I'm really glad to talk to you. How'd your weekend go? Uh, it was pretty good. I raced uh, Cal Classic out at Polo Raceway, and... Uh... I didn't finish too good. I had some good speed, just a little tip-overs, uh, held me back a little bit, and uh, bad starts. But besides that, it was a really good weekend. So how, how are you liking that 150? I know you've been on it for a little while now. you feel like that's the the bike to be on? Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it was a little bit different. 
compared to a two-stroke at first because it has a little bit uh, of a different power band. Mm -hmm. And uh, so, like, a lot of bottom end and uh, shifting, you have to shift it really quick, like, from second to third. And uh, it's it's a really good bike. I mean, we got it working pretty good right now, still fixing a couple of things, like, suspension-wise. But besides that, I'm loving the new bike. Awesome. And how long have you been on that thing since um, the Monster Cup, I think, is when, last year is when they de- debuted you being on the team. Is that correct? But you didn't ride? Uh, yeah, I didn't ride there. And, but you will be this year, correct? Uh, yeah, hopefully if I get an invite. Heck, yeah, I'm sure you will. <laughs> oh, man. yeah, I would think that, that that's already in the bag, right? Uh, Hopefully. I mean, <laughs> I need to show these guys uh, some good results, but I think if we get some good results, I'll – for sure cool deal now talk about uh talk about the uh factory connection team uh, how, how much i mean how have you enjoyed being on that team so far and, and what you know talk about how, what they bring to the table as far as good equipment and things like that uh they're a really good team they're really welcoming i mean they help out with anything we need really um i love the team so far it's uh they're amazing couldn't ask for anything better well, speaking of that team, your teammate is Carson Mumford. How often do you get to ride with Carson? Uh, I ride with Carson about two to three times a week. Uh, he lives at Randy Lawrence's house, which is like five minutes down the street from my house. So uh, it's really cool being able to ride with him. He's on a bigger bike. So uh, I get to see what he's working on, try to – uh, fix like if I'm doing something wrong I could base it off of him and uh, riding partner really he lets me ride at his private track up Very in the cool. desert so really cool yeah yeah that's awesome yeah um, I, I was reading a little bit about you and, and I saw that you guys ride together and, and how much is he a little bit older than you uh, yes he's 16 I believe awesome. and I'm, I just turned 14 okay like, so we just had uh, Ryder D on, and, and we were talking about him and Jet Reynolds, who is his, one of his biggest competition riding together. Um, and, you know, in the future, a guy like Carson's going to be a big big competition for you. Do you do you think there's an advantage to riding with, the, with your competition, or do you see it maybe at some point being a disadvantage because they know what you're doing? Uh, everybody sees it different. Yeah. I mean, I like to ride with – some fast guys just because if i'm slacking a little bit i can be like oh well these that's where these guys are going faster maybe this corner um but i see it as an advantage because it helps with everything really because when you practice during the week you don't have the like you ride fast for sure but you don't have like a race intensity sure if you can simulate the races during the week i think it makes you that much better I agree, you know, because, yeah, with the amateur series, the the way you guys do things, you don't have big races every single weekend. Uh, do you do any local races? Uh, yeah, we do some local races, uh, like, I'd say in the off-season. Okay. So, like, winter series, kind of, fall series. Yeah. Um, Like, local stuff, Trans World MX races, those are getting really popular. And uh, so we try to go to some of those races just to get some gate drops. Yeah, because I was going to say, with what you were saying a minute ago, just 
practicing, you don't get that race intensity very often if you're only doing the big amateur nationals. So it's good to, like you say, to ride with, with high competition like Carson and then also to go to some local races just to get that race intensity. You know, I mean, the four or five lap sprint or whatever you guys do, that's, that's hard to practice. Yeah, I mean, you can do it during the week, but it's not really the same when you're going off the gate trying to uh, be ahead of everybody. Right. Now, Hunter, at what age did you start riding dirt bikes? Uh, I started when I was two years old with training wheels, and I think <laughs> I got them off when I was three. And then I did my first race on a Honda 50 when I was like four years old. Cool. Very did, nice. did you ever think you'd be at this point where you're at now? Oh, I always dreamed of it, but never really, I don't know. I always tried to work as hard as I could to get to this point. And uh, when we started talking to the Honda guys, I knew it was kind of becoming reality. No, that's pretty, I bet that was a pretty cool feeling. Yeah, it was really cool. Now, so, you, you were on KTM's prior, were you not? Uh, yes, I was. So was your dad in, into motocross? Is that kind of how you got into it at two years old? Uh, he raced motocross, but he raced in the desert. Yep. So, and he raced, uh, off-road, uh, cars and trucks too. Oh, cool. So, so are, are you out in the high des area? Uh, no, we're in Southern California. Oh, okay. By the beach kind of. Okay. We're okay. like an hour from the beach. Nice. So. Nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. We're, nope. we're we're in East Texas. We're not. We're about a uh, couple hours from Freestone, where you were at a few weeks ago. And but I love SoCal, man. I was born in San Diego. I love the beach. I love the desert out in Barstow. I, I just I miss it. You're lucky. <laughs> we have to drive Thank two you. hours to get to an In and Out Burger, man. That's total torture. <laughs> now, Hunter, do do you surf at all? Do you do anything else? I saw some pictures of you riding mountain bikes. Uh, tell me what what are some activities you do outside of riding dirt bikes? Um, yeah, I surf. I uh, ride mountain bikes, road bikes. We're actually going to Lake Havasu this weekend to ride stand up jet skis. Hell yes. Um, pretty much normal life, but race motocross also. That's so awesome, dude! I, I'm really jealous of you, dude. So, so <laughs> thank you. Yeah, having the opportunities that you have and being on this team, like, what's the coolest thing you've got to experience? Whether it be meeting one of your favorite riders, going to a particular place to ride, like, what's the coolest thing that's come out of this so far? Uh, honestly, I think being on the team is like the coolest part for me because when I was like on fifties, I didn't really have like the best bikes or whatever but we tried to uh get good results and uh, now we're seeing it all pay off i like that answer man that really shows some maturity you know i mean that that you have that much respect and appreciation for what you the opportunity you've been given that's pretty impressive and you're you're very well spoken you seem like you're uh you must have really awesome parents yeah uh, they're really awesome i mean they help me out with pretty much everything and uh, I couldn't ask for anybody else to be my parents. <laughs> right on. That That's good. Yeah, because not all of us can say that. So, <laughs> so, yeah, hey, you know, I got your number through uh, Randy with Asterisk. So tell me how you your involvement with them has been. Uh, Randy's an awesome guy. Mike's awesome. Everybody over at Asterisk, they're so cool. Uh, 
they give me opportunities like this, and uh, they're helping me out with knee braces. I just got knee braces uh, last year, right before I switched to the Honda. And uh, those guys over at Asterix are so cool. Uh, they uh, take me dinner uh, traveling-wise. They they go pretty much all the races. So right. trackside support, that's awesome to have somebody there if you ever need any help. So, Absolutely, guys. Very cool, man. How about your other sponsors? You want to uh, thank anybody else? Uh, yeah, Amsoil, Factory Connection, Honda, Fox Racing. They always got me in the best gear. Uh, Dunlop, Spy Optic. They got some good goggles, glasses. Um, Dunlop, good tires, Pro Taper, um, No Toil, and. Uh, Everybody else I forgot. Thank you. <laughs> right. Hey, I know Mark's got another question, but I want to ask you. You mentioned uh, Pro Taper. Are you running those new micro bars? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they're RC. Okay. The micro bar Super is cross, the micro bar. You might be sure. a little bit older for than that, but the micro bar is a bar they just kind of came out with that has like a smaller grip for younger riders. I don't think they offer that in the bar he's running. Okay. Yeah, I think he's running okay. the Evo. That's cool. I was just curious and and. You, you mentioned Amsoil. We just, as literally tonight, Amsoil became our our sponsor. This is the first show with him on board with us. So, so we're we're sort of like teammates, man. <laughs> uh, cool, cool. Now, Hunter, how many girlfriends you got, dude? Uh, not any yet, but maybe some in the future. I like how he said <laughs> yet. He knows it's coming. Hey, well, <laughs> you know. I got a feeling you're gonna get the invite to ride the Monster Cup, and that's where the monster girls are. There you go. <laughs> Put them monster girls on notice. Be like, hey, yeah, I'll be I'm up here in for few, you. I'll be up here in a few years. Yeah. You can holler at me then. <laughs> yeah, hey, well, I'll tell you a story real quick. We had um, Blake Baggett's wife on not too long ago. We did a wife show, and she was telling us that when Blake was eighteen, she was like twenty, and he came up to her sixteen. It, was he okay? She he was sixteen, and she said, "No, nah, you know, he was interested in her." She said he was too young. He said, "Okay, well, when I turn eighteen, I'm coming for you," and he did. Yeah, he's married so, to her now. Yep. So, yeah, pick you out a monster girl and tell her you're coming for. Her. Be like, I'll see you in a few years. <laughs> just, just keep it, keep it, keep your schedule open for me. All right, I'll think about that for sure. <laughs> right, right, right on, Hunter. Man, we appreciate you coming on. Uh, really, it's it's really cool, and I hope to get to meet you soon, man. I wish I had got a chance to talk to you at Freestone. Yeah, thank you guys for having me on. Absolutely. Anytime you want to come on and talk about anything, man, you got my number. Just text me, and we'll have you on. We'd love to have you again, bud. Still there, buddy? I think we lost Hunter. Nope. All right. Well, we may have lost him. So, Well, good. thanks for coming on tonight, Hunter. Good, good talking to you. Sorry, something happened. There. Oh, there you oh, are. Right. There okay. he is. Thanks for having me. Yeah, no worries, buddy. But, yeah, we really appreciate you, and uh, we look forward to good things for, from you, buddy. Thank you. Yes, sir. You have a good night, Hunter. See you later, Hunter. Thank you. Later. Later. Amazon Factory Connection Honda's Hunter Yoder, number 508. Big things coming from that kid. Quick break, and we will be back with our last guest, the one and only Carson Mumford.
All right, guys, welcome back. I think we saved the best for last tonight. At least that's what I'm going to say right now. (laughs) Amzol Factory Connection Hondas, Carson Mumford. Carson, what's up, buddy? How's it going, guys? Super pumped to be on the show. Appreciate you, man. Yeah, we're we're uh, pumped to have you. We got to thank Buddy Antonez for getting us hooked up because I didn't have any way to contact you. Yeah, Buttman's awesome. I, I trained with him for a long time, and we're super good friends. Well, Mark sitting over here is one of his biggest fans. Yeah, so. I get. I still. I mean, I can text Buddy, talk to Buddy, and and see Buddy, and and you know we know who each other are, and I still get like a little girl every time I see him. I just he's. <laughs> I'm such a fan because I'm older, man. I remember when Buddy was still doing the thing, and it just it's never left me. Yeah, Buddy's just a, he's a great guy. Absolutely. So Carson, how do you feel about your season so far? Uh, I'm super pumped on it. Um, just being new on the big bike, I uh, I think I've had a great start. I've won four championships this year so far, and uh, looking forward to the rest of the year. Well, what's your What are your goals for the rest of this year? I mean, obviously Loretta's. Uh, what, how old are you right now? Sixteen. Say that again. Say it again. Sixteen. Okay. Sixteen. So when when will you officially go pro? Um, around seventeen or eighteen, I feel like. Okay. Not totally sure. Um, there's definitely like a great line of people in front of me and just uh wherever it works out yeah i like that though man there's no reason to go right now nope. at 16 you know give yourself a few more years get your you know you just got on big bikes this year correct yeah we'll talk about the transition from uh from the super mini to that i mean it's obviously going pretty well how did you feel about it just initially um i felt great i rode the 150 so i was really familiar with the horse slope and then uh I actually broke my collarbone the last day on the 150, so I was out for three weeks. And then I, my first day on the big bike was my first day back, so I was just super stoked to be back and on the big bike and everything. So I was having a good time. Um, this is about like my six-month mark for uh, the big bike and uh, getting really comfortable on it. Right on. Yeah, we just had your teammate Hunter Yoder on talking about the 150. Um, he was saying, you know, training with you and getting a chance to ride with you teaches him a lot. What have you learned from riding with Hunter? Um, to stand up. That guy stands up a lot, and I think it's good. Uh, yeah. He's definitely got some leg strength because uh, I'll just do whatever. You know, I'll sit down and stand up, but he's really good on his feet, and uh, I think it works the bumps in the 150 really well. And, uh, that's going to help him out in the future for sure. Right on. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, at Carson, and we've asked, uh, we ask a lot of our, our, our guests this, and uh, at what age did you start all this dirt bike business? On the mini bikes? No, just at what age general. did you start riding? Uh, when I was two. Yeah, that's like that, the that seems or... to be the uh, <laughs> the going age now. Like I thought it was yeah. impressive that I started riding when I was five. Now people are like racing at four, and man, guys, I, eventually these kids are going to be coming out of the womb on dirt bikes. Yeah, yeah, already gonna have a contract. <laughs> already gonna have a contract lined up. You know. So Carson, one of the questions I've been asking the uh, the amateur guys that we've been talking to tonight is. You're at a very high level of amateur racing. You're on a basically a factory team. There's a lot expected of you. How do you deal with that pressure? Do you even have to? Do you even think about it? You know, and how do you blow off steam? Um, yeah, I definitely think about it. I uh, I try to use it as motivation and to train harder. And um, I think about it on the line. You know, like okay, you got to get it done. But uh, I, I think it, it helps. You know, um, if you're kind of just out there doing it for yourself. Um, sometimes I think you just, you don't push as hard, you know, when you got a big line of people watching you, you'll, you'll push through the pain and go as hard as you can for as long as your body will let you. So 
I definitely, I, I like it, honestly. Well, that's cool because we see guys that came up through the ranks and, and guys like that have retired recently, Ryan Villapoto who, and Ryan Dungey even, who had a lot of pressure on them, and they retired at an early age. And a guy like Ryan yeah. Villapoto didn't seem like at the end, well, he obviously did not enjoy it anymore. And yeah. you have to find a way to balance that. So you're, you're, you basically just said you do think about those pressures at time, but I, I have to hope that you're still having fun every time you get on the bike. Oh, for sure. I, uh, I have my, uh, I share a training compound with Nathan Abbott and we go up there and we, like we will this weekend, we're going to go up there and just have fun riding our dirt bikes. We'll go on trail rides, whatever we feel like. Uh, we just still enjoy riding our dirt bikes just, just for fun. Now, what are some other things you do off the bike to have fun? Um, I'll ride BMX and go race BMX and, I think that's good because it's good cardio and it's under the lights too, like supercross. So it's it's super fun, but it's also a good workout. You know, so you you do you just race around their local BMX? Or, I mean, obviously you probably don't have time to to take it any further than that, right? Yeah, I, honestly, I'd like to do. I I raced nationally when I was really little, but now just locally. And uh, uh, my trainer Randy Lawrence, his son is world six, so I I get to hear all the stories about how he does at nationals and stuff. Oh, that's and, uh, cool. Maybe, yeah, maybe when there's an off weekend, I'll try and hit up the national or something and get a good number. For some of you guys that don't know who Randy Lawrence is, he's a longtime fixture, was a McGrath mechanic for a few years, is the brother of Factory Phil Lawrence. Long history there from, from the Lawrence family. It's a good guy to be around, right? Yeah, for sure. He's definitely taught me a lot, and uh, he's helping me out with some steps that some riders normally have to take, and uh, I can almost skip over those steps and just uh, become a better rider quicker. Yeah, it's good stuff, man. So, Carson, you sent me a list of some accomplishments and sponsors. and But tell me personally, like, what's your highlight so far of your amateur career? Um, highlights for me, I definitely love winning at Loretta's. But uh, I got second at Monster Cup one year. That was super cool, just being under the lights and stuff. And it's just uh, it's like a dream come true for, like, a kid just to race under the lights and stuff with all the fans there and being the same track and everything and right. I was pretty young when I did it I think I was only 14 yeah, so that was super cool yeah you were the youngest kid to race Monster Energy Cup yeah yeah I was the first year I ran I think I was 12 that's pretty awesome. That is neat. Now, you sound like, I keep, you make reference to being under the lights and enjoying that. You sound like that, that you're really, really excited for, for to race Supercross in the future. Yeah, for sure. I have two Supercross tracks at my training compound, so whenever it comes time for Monster Cup again this year, I, uh, I hope to be ready. Right on. Hey, so a, a little side note: we, uh, as Pulp fans, um, did didn't Aiden Kiefer get to ride with you one day? Yeah, he rides with me uh, quite a bit up there. That's um, pretty cool. The whole Kiefer crew, yeah, yeah, super well, awesome. I obviously I'm a huge fan of Chris's, and I've never I didn't get to meet Aiden when I was out there, but that whole family seems pretty genuine. Yeah, they they uh, Kiefer's a great dude, and he rides a he rides a ton of different bikes, and he's always fast on whatever bike you ride. Yeah, yeah. You know, it was kind of funny. He and I were talking one time when I used to live out that in Barstow area, and I my first ever race was at Sunrise in, at, at Atlanta. And um, a buddy of mine who was a really big uh, amateur 80cc rider back then used to battle with Chris when Chris was on 80s. And I didn't even know that until just like a year ago, Chris told me. So... That's, to me, that was kind of cool that I, I probably saw Chris ride on 80s and just didn't know it. High, yeah. Des, high Des life. Yeah. 
yeah, the first time I met Kiefer was at 395 too, and uh, I was I was kind of wondering like, who's this guy out here? He's like the only guy like the same speed as me, and I was like, man, that guy's ripping. And then he pulled up. I'm like, oh, it's, this is Kiefer. Like, finally, great to meet this guy. Yeah, that's cool. So, what are you? Um, you're obviously getting ready for Loretta's. What classes will you be riding at Loretta's? I'm not totally sure yet. It'll either be uh, either 250B stock and 250B mod or uh, just 250B mod and schoolboy 2. Okay. Uh, I'm not totally sure yet, but... Um, How does that decision get made? made here pretty quick. Um, Is that the well, team? Well, I did pretty good on the stock bike at Cal Classic. And then, um, obviously, that, that class, it doesn't have, like, all the fast kids, but it definitely has a lot. So mm-hmm. um, it might be a little bit easier to do better in that class, but... It's still going to be tough just with the the stock stock class. The KTM's kind of have a uh, advantage with the race edition, but um, the Honda's doing a, a really good job with that bike. So I'm not sure totally yet, but um, yeah, we'll have to see in a bit. Yeah, race edition or not, they still got to race you, homie. So I'm sure they're saying the same <laughs> thing, you know. But yeah, I, I, I'm a pumped to race whatever bike they give me. Well, I definitely look forward to seeing how you do that. You know, I, they televise most of that throughout the week, so we'll definitely be keeping an eye on you. Hey, I've got a question outside of racing. You know, are you into music or anything like that? I'm a big music fan. Um, not not a big, okay. not super big into it, but uh, yeah, I, I do listen to music pretty much every day I go to the track. What kind of music do you listen to? Whatever's on. I'll listen to country, uh. Rap, uh, just whatever. Hey, he's a man. He's a man. Can't do the country, man. It makes me want to like hang myself. (laughs) (laughs) Jamie's old and set in his ways, Carson. I am very, very narrow-minded when it comes to music. If it doesn't have like shredding guitars, I can't do it. Oh well, hey, I'm I'm in with that too. There you go. (laughs) There you go. Now, um, after Loretta's, you just do you immediately kind of start thinking about uh, Monster Monster Cup and and getting ready for that? Yeah, for sure. I don't even think last year I. I didn't even take, I don't think, two days off after Loretta's, and I was already on the Supercross track getting ready. And uh, I just, I, I like riding Supercross. It's super fun, and uh, especially at my track, because there's not, like, the whole people watching out there, and I can kind of do, and take my time with whatever I want. Right on. Well, that's probably always nice. Yeah. You don't feel the, the burden of, of watchful eyes, and you can just get acclimated yeah. and, and, you know, work on sections and get used to different, you know, yeah. the obstacles on Supercross track are always the same. They may put them in a different variety, but yeah. you can get used to the on-offs, big whoops, things like that without having to worry about maybe taking a digger and somebody like, oh, well, we saw him over here and he's he didn't do that. He didn't look that good, you know, and then it's all over yeah, social yeah. media and you know how that goes. Exactly, yeah. I can, I can work as fast as I want and uh, I can take the time on the sections I need to and if I'm – uncomfortable with a section i could wait a day or two you know it's not the end of the world there's not all the factory teams out there watching and you know seeing every move like you said i really like the attitude that you and hunter and Ryder d have had on with us tonight all of you guys seem like pretty laid back you're having fun like you can go play ride a little bit and i hope that you guys find a way to keep that in your repertoire as you become a actual, you know, a factory level pro rider, like, you know, maybe today I'm not going to go out and do two twenties. I'm just going to go, you know, whatever, find a lip to jump off of and do some whips and just go out in the desert and ride. You gotta have that man, because you're going to get burnt out. Yeah, for sure. I mean, we look to do this sport as long as we can and uh, yeah, you'll get stale. Absolutely. Well, 
I, I really am impressed. Hey, give me something that uh, Buddy Antonez has taught you, one thing that sticks out. Technique. Uh, he's pretty keen on technique and just uh, muscle memory on that stuff. So we did hours, countless hours on technique, and I think it definitely helped me on uh, being the rider I am today. I'll sometimes maybe back it down when it's a super sketchy track and be the last man standing at the end of the day because uh, my technique's really good, and uh, when it gets rough, you got to just get on the ball to your feet and sometimes uh, just jump to the bumps. Awesome, awesome. Well, we know you're a busy kid. you got a lot of things to do. We won't take any more of your time, but it has been a pleasure talking with you, and uh, and we're, we're eagerly pumped to, to watch Loretta's and see how, how it goes for you, man. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Well, Carson, have a good night, man, and uh, we look forward to having you back on here sometime. Thanks. See you guys. All right, Carson. Thanks, buddy. Well, see ya. Carson Mumford, ladies and gentlemen. He's one of the next kids coming, guys, so keep an eye on the 122 Honda. He's uh, he's going to be one of the next ones get, that you're going to start seeing, 250 Supercross, 250 Nationals. So anything else tonight, Jamie? You want to call TJ real quick? Call him. Turn the music down. We ain't ready for that, son. I don't ever turn the music down. <clears throat> I feel like this is a show that TJ should have been here for. Well, he was supposed to be. He went back early. That's right. He, he was, had to go yeah. back a week early. That's why I scheduled it when I did, because he was going to be here. Yeah. What up, dude? Thomas. What's up, man? Uh, we just wrapping up. Just hung up with Carson Mumford. Oh, yeah? Yep. That, th- that kid's pretty cool. Yeah. All these kids, we talked to Hunter Yoder and Ryder D tonight, and all of them were pretty cool kids. Well, they grow up in the age of uh, social media, so that means that they know how to basically present themselves. Yeah, I agree with that because every single one of those kids was on point with everything, you know? Yep. All had great personalities, were well-spoken. We didn't have a whole lot of robots. Hopefully they won't turn into robots in five years. (laughs) The funny thing is, is Ryder D and Doc were – and a couple other kids were all out at Junior Moto X. I guess this may have been two years ago. And they were fishing. And all the kids were, like, coming to Doc, telling Doc, hey, put my worm on the hook because they, you know, didn't want to touch the worm. <laughs> Ryder D just buried his hand off in the worms, ripped one in half, put it on the pole, just like like, like a real kid. You know right. what I mean? It was pretty cool. I like him. He was fun to talk. I mean, they were all just – bitching to talk to but Ryder was he just seemed like yeah it's whatever you know he's yeah he cool. seemed to, he yeah. was definitely about having some fun yeah yeah they he was out at uh underground during the spring ding yep and um oh well, well, well never mind it wasn't him that was Deegan's kid that was out there oh yeah well, Ryder, the I think Ryder was there too I think right but I think, uh, on the half pipe oh. and Deegan's kid was doing like backflips on his scooter <laughs> oh I mean, yeah yeah, H- Hayden. Uh, Hayden has no fear. Yeah, does. Yeah, I don't even know what scooters got cool. Because when I was a kid, if you were riding a scooter around, you were going to get beat up. Uh, I'm going to say scooters are still an equivalent to a quad, in my opinion. But yeah, but if you do backflips on, <laughs> unless them, you can backflip, maybe them, yeah. you're pretty. Maybe you're pretty legit. I, I wouldn't think that uh, Hayden Diggins a guy that's going to be scared of anything. It just kind of runs in the blood at this. Some point. Some people, no matter what they do. What was that? Oh, that's a laptop. Oh. Your computer wants to update again. Don't let it. Oh, don't let it. Don't no, let it. I'm going to pick a time while we're talking to do it. So to do it, hopefully at midnight tonight. Yeah. So anyways, yeah. they yeah, do it late, late in the early, early in the morning because, you know, it takes forever to upload. Right. Yeah, for sure. I'm working on yeah. it. For sure. Well, uh, <clears throat> how is uh, how is the desert treating you right now? 
there there was a there was a windstorm like today and then the next and then not tomorrow but the next day and we're talking about like when the windstorm kicks up out here the dust storms they they have about 10 foot visibility oh my first uh my first day in west my first week i ever spent in west texas working they had one of those big sandstorms and and you're not you don't really realize how gnarly they look until you see one coming in the distance and you can see it out there you know it's on its way so uh, the good thing is is i get paid from the neck up so i can just hide myself in my trailer and let those guys be out there and working in it. No, I understand. I'm about to uh, I'm about to get a good taste of that myself going back out there to work and I will be out in the stuff. So Yeah. Yep, yep. Hey, before I forget, just this thing's gonna reset tonight. I know nobody cares about this on air, but I'll forget. It's gonna reset at five AM, so if Kathy needs to do thing in the morning, tell her to check it out. Oh, uh, she can figure it out. Okay. Well anyway, we just wanted to give you a call real quick, man, before we cut this thing off and uh Say what up? Yeah, I was hoping yeah, you'd yeah, be here bro. for this particular show, but you got called in early. I was hoping I was going to be here too because if it would have, I would have got to go qualify to go ride the regional at Redbud, and that was my whole plan. But that fell through. I was like, I, the whole year was just so just to go race Redbud, and that fell out. Uh, my my belief is you probably asked to go back early because you know that you wouldn't qualify. You just. No, he asked to go back early because you know how he is about money. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. it's, it's I didn't ask to go back early, but the, the money <laughs> is going to be nice because I am going to be able to pay off a few things. Right just just so anybody that doesn't know, if you uh, – old field life, like if – it doesn't matter what your schedule is, like in a position like what TJ has, if they call, you got to yep. go. It don't matter. You got to yeah. go back. It don't so. matter. The old field but don't – make money, so it works out good. Yeah, right. yeah, they pay a lot out there, hey. but they own you. Before I get off real quick, Kathy, uh, about, what, two days ago, she she basically just said, okay, this cheapness is getting out of hand. <laughs> I don't remember what she was talking about, but she started getting on to me. And I'm like, no, I'm not changing. I'm not going to change. <laughs> no. Well, at least it gives us something to make fun of you about. I mean, you give us a lot of things to make fun of you about, but that's one of them. <clears throat> yeah. Never well, change, TJ. Never change. Well, have a good night, dude. Don't get blown away in a dust storm. Later, guys. See ya. Later. All right, guys. Well, that concludes this episode of the Moto X Pod Show. We'd like to give a big shout-out, Five Star Roofing of Texas, MX Girl Designs, All Sport Dynamics, Shock Socks, Madlock Synthetic Dealers of Amsoil Synthetic Products. For DJ TJ, Dark Side Muscle Mark, Moto X Pod Show, see you next week.